You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's BetQL Daily with Joe Ostrowski and Ross Tucker on the BetQL Audio Network. All right, it's time to get some player prop information. Joe Ostrowski, Ross Tucker on Twitter, at BetQL Daily. You can listen live on the radio.com app. Subscribe to our podcast, watchusradio.com slash BetQL-Daily. We welcome in Michael Beller from The Athletic, at mbeller on Twitter. So, Michael, this is a, a conversation we've been having a lot over the last couple of weeks because there's so many people focusing on player props, people that are, are going to be betting these player props that it, that haven't bet them all season. And in m- many situations, if we're talking about a primetime game and you're betting a couple of props, usually the advice is to correlate your props. Should we be giving that sort of advice this week when there are a lot of people just looking for action? It's the Super Bowl. You do it once a year, and maybe they're going to have 20 different props in action. Hey, what's up, guys? Sorry oh, about there that. There he is. I just cut in. I was, here, I was hearing a bunch of ads, and now I, I just heard the first thing I heard you say is, is Michael with us. What's up? What's going on? I'm here. Oh, hey. How are you, man? Okay, so – uh, what I what I what I thought you were with us. What I was just uh, getting at is you have all these uh, people jumping in to the player prop market that haven't bet on it all year. Now this is something you're doing on a regular basis. Should we be telling people to correlate all their Super Bowl props if if we're talking about ten to twenty involved here because it could be a clean sweep and if they misread how this game's going to go, uh, it might be for a sad Sunday for them. <laughs> you know, that, that, that's very true, Joe, but uh, I would say that uh, at least the, the advice we're offering up, we're offering up uh, with a whole lot of uh, rationale behind it. We've been doing it all season. We're not just parachuting in for the Super Bowl and uh, dropping these in. Uh, this is uh, stuff that we've been doing since week one, since even before week one, looking at uh, you know uh, certain awards and certain uh, yardage thresholds that we thought guys were going to be able to hit. I always like to correlate my props with one another. I think that's what I have uh, done with the things that I have locked in to this point. But uh, I always say you tell yourself a story of how you think the game is going to go, and then you follow that story. And if you're right on that, a lot of your props are going to turn out pretty well for you. So, Michael, I know what it means. Joe knows what it means. You know what it means. But we're on in Denver now. We're on in L.A. We've got, you know, people are just listening to the show this week because of the Super Bowl. Can you explain what you mean and what Joe means by correlating your props and give some examples. Yeah, sure. So uh, let's say you think that this is going to be a high scoring game between uh, the Buccaneers and the uh, Chiefs. And let's say you think that the Chiefs are going to ultimately win this game and they're going to be protecting a lead late and the Buccaneers are maybe going to have to chase a little bit and come back. Well, what does that lead? That leads to maybe a 
big first half or first three quarters from the Chiefs passing game. It leads to a lot of volume in the second half for the Buccaneers passing game. And maybe it leads to a little bit of, uh, you know, Chiefs nursing the, uh, nursing the lead, trying to milk the clock in the fourth quarter. So what does that mean? That means Patrick Mahomes overs. That means maybe Tom Brady overs. And maybe that means a surprise in a fighter or Delaire over or a uh, Daryl Williams over as the Chiefs do end up milking the clock in the fourth quarter. If that's how you think it's going to go, then that is a route that you go down. You could also uh, tell yourself a story if you think it's going to be something where the Buccaneers defense ends up uh, really bringing its force to bear the way that it did against the Packers and Aaron Rodgers last week, five sacks of Aaron. I keep saying last week, two weeks ago, five sacks of Aaron Rodgers. So maybe you're looking at some Jason Pierre Paul props and you're thinking, yeah, he can get to, uh, he can get to Patrick Mahomes and bring him down once and it is over there. And then maybe you're looking at some unders for the Chiefs offensive players. We know how football works. We know that a 20 to 17 game is going to lead to much different statistics than a 34 to 31 game. And we know that. Very rarely do you see a quarterback throw for 350 yards in a game where his team only puts up 20 points. So you figure out that end first, and then you reverse engineer the way that the players get there individually. Well, Michael Beller from The Athletic, tell us a story about passing yards for this game. Uh, Brady, it's it's just under 300, and it is a lofty number for Mahomes. Uh, most books have it in, in that range of uh, 325 to 330. Yeah, I love the Mahomes over. Um, this is one that I settled on, I mean, I don't know, maybe last Wednesday, uh, way out from the game. I, I just really like it here, you guys. Uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers sailed past his over against the Buccaneers a couple of weeks ago in the NFC Championship game. And the first time these two teams met in the regular season, you know, Chiefs got out to a big lead, 17 points in the first quarter. Uh, Buccaneers had no answer for Tyreek Hill. That was the game where he had like five catches for 193 and two touchdowns in the first quarter of the game and that is the sort of script where you would maybe think if Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy are ever going to dial it back in the passing game it would be that a three-score lead after the first quarter a two-score lead at halftime a game that the Bucks led literally throughout from their first possession of the game all the way through the end of the game and what happens Patrick Mahomes threw 49 passes in that game he had 20 dropbacks in the second half the team had 20 uh, designed runs it's just, I just don't really see a scenario in which Patrick Mahomes isn't asked to drop back to put the ball in the air 50 times in this game, or at least approaching 50 times in this game. And for me, with Patrick Mahomes being who he is, a Buccaneers defense that we saw as recently as two weeks ago can be beat deep. Marquez Valdez-Scantling gave you a couple of big plays down the field. I think he sails past that uh, no matter what it is. You see it as 325. You can see it up to 329 in certain places. Whatever it is, I am all over this Patrick Mahomes over. But, Michael, he's never thrown more than 325 passing yards in any of his playoff games. That doesn't scare you at all. That does not scare me, Ross. I mean, uh, you know, this is a much different game. This is different than uh, just the game last week uh, or two weeks ago. There it is again, two weeks ago against the Buffalo Bills. This is uh, different than last year's Super Bowl against San Francisco, a game where they got off to a dreadfully slow start before you saw them really kick things into gear. I mean, mostly in the fourth quarter of last year's Super Bowl. This is a different game, a different opponent. The one thing that does concern me about it is the offensive line, and I do think that we could see Tampa's front four wreak the same sort of havoc on Mahomes and the Chiefs line that it did on Green Bay's line and Aaron Rodgers a week ago, right? Eric Fisher, just as big a loss for Mahomes and the Chiefs as David Bakhtiari was for Rodgers and the Packers, and they really didn't make things rough on Aaron Rodgers in that game, but you know, I'm not going to let pass be prologue here with Mahomes. So I just think that this is a game that is still going to be dominated 
by both teams' passing attacks. And even though we have seen plenty of slow starts in recent Super Bowls, I just don't see it happening with these two quarterbacks having this sort of preparation time. I do think that it plays closer uh, to the script that all of us are expecting. And I think a neutral fan is hoping for that this is a game that is 35-31, something along those lines. I just think that Patrick Mahomes does end up having a monster game here. Uh, with Michael Beller from The Athletic at M. Beller on Twitter, this is BetQL Daily on the BetQL Audio Network. What about Brady's weapons on the outside? Evans' prop is set at 63.5. Godwin, higher, at 74.5. Do you like either of those, or are we looking at uh, wide receiver three or four? This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Yeah, you know, I, I almost feel guilty. I'm happy you guys are on a new market. First of all, congratulations. Secondly, I've, I've, I've got a new audience to tell this to instead of just boring you guys with my Chris Godwin <laughs> love for the millionth straight week, it feels like, right? But I, I just can't get away from the guy, and it's been very profitable in the playoffs here. I, I think that Tampa attacks the middle of the field. You know, we saw it with, uh, with Mike Evans in the game against the Packers. He gets off to that big start, scores a touchdown early. Kevin King missed time to jump a little bit. Had two big catches on that first possession for the Buccaneers, both of them converting third downs to the second one, ended up being in a touchdown, and he still came under his yardage prop. I mean, it's just we, we haven't seen the yardage numbers from Mike Evans with Tom Brady that we were accustomed to seeing from him with Jameis Winston. And he still put up big yards, but he's just not that type of receiver. And in Bruce Arians' offense with Tom Brady at the helm, he is the guy who they take these big shots on, who they try to hit in the red zone. And there's a reason why his receiving prop or reception prop, excuse me, last I saw was sitting at four and a half and the over was a slight underdog for that four and a half. You see Chris Godwin's yardage number higher. You see Chris Godwin's reception number higher. And with the way that he is just, just this incisive receiver, always finding these spots in the middle of the field uh, to get himself open, make himself available to Tom Brady. I really, really like his over. I feel more comfortable with his over than anyone's over or under, whatever you want to talk about on Tampa Bay's side. I think he ends up being the number one receiver for the Buccaneers this, uh, this Sunday. So, Michael, do you think – I got to follow up on that. Do you think it's because he's got the least recognizable name? Because it's like <laughs> there's Gronk, there's Antonio Brown, there's Mike Evans. I still feel like a lot of people that will watch the Super Bowl Sunday night have never heard of Chris Godwin. I mean, obviously, we talk about him all the time the last couple of years, but like, he just doesn't have like the Q rating or whatever they call it. Yeah, I mean, I think you're onto something there. And like, let's just pause for a second. How about all the uh, the skill position talent that Penn State has put into the league over the last couple of years? Right, Godwin, Allen Robinson, Saquon Barkley, Miles Sanders. I mean, you could build uh, quite a team with just uh, with just Penn State guys. The Chris Godwin. I mean, he's going to be someone to watch in free agency this year. I, I don't know if the Buccaneers let him get away, but Someone's going to be paying him a lot of money, and he is definitely worth it. And I think that could be something, right? I mean, the casual fan who's going to be parachuting in for the Super Bowl. Hate to use the same phrase again, but I think it's apt here, right? I mean, they're, they're, you're looking at you get Mike Evans jumps off the page. Antonio Brown jumps off the page. Chris, uh, Rob Gronkowski, of course, jumps off the page. And here's Chris Godwin, you know, arguably uh, the best receiver of any of these guys at their respective stages of their career. Quite a bit of ways to go to catch Antonio Brown career-wise, but 
right now where they are. Uh, just I think maybe the best receiver, super dangerous, and all these drops that were being talked about for Chris Godwin, some of them sure are drops. Some of them are very unfairly classified as drops. And again, I just think when you look at the matchups on the other side of the field, he has the greatest advantage compared with anyone else for the Buccaneers. All right. So you love Mahomes, his mm-hmm. overpassing yards. So those yards are going somewhere. Where are they going? Uh, they're going to go a lot to Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey, believe it or not. If I was going to back one of those guys on the over, however, it would be Travis Kelsey. And it has a lot to do with the first game, the game that these teams played in the regular season. And it, it feels you know, a little reductive to just say, oh, look what happened in the regular season. Teams are going to be uh, guarding themselves against that in the rematch in the playoffs or whatever. But it is a little bit instructive. And what we can take from that first game, I already said it, 193 and two touchdowns in the first quarter for Tyreek Hill. He added a third touchdown in the second half. Also on that first possession for the Chiefs in that game, he had catches of 34 and 23 yards that set up a Harrison Butker field goal. So clearly Todd Bowles and the Buccaneers defense completely recalibrated what they were doing defensively. And they focused a whole lot more attention on Tyreek Hill really from the second quarter on. And while he still got them for what he did, they significantly slowed down the Chiefs defense, 17 points in the first quarter, 10 points in the second, third, and fourth combined. And what we saw at that point was Travis Kelsey really take over. Six catches for 68 yards for Kelsey from the second quarter on. You you really can't stop both of these guys. It's either the death by a thousand cuts method from Kelsey or the quick strike method from Hill. And I think Tampa Bay is going to be a whole lot more comfortable living with the death by a thousand cuts method from Travis Kelsey because they saw it with their own eyes. They really never had a chance in that game because of the two big plays to Tyreek Hill in the first quarter. They made it a three-point game. They really had a chance late, and if they limit Tyreek just a little bit in the first half, maybe we're talking about Tampa winning that regular season game rather than Kansas City. I do think that is going to be instructive for the way Tampa plays in this one, and that's what leads me to Travis Kelsey, even though his uh, prop is a couple of yards higher. I like that one a little bit more for the over than Tyreek Hill's. Anybody else, Michael, on the Bucks that you like other than Godwin? Yeah, you know, uh, the, the two that jump out at me uh, both have to do with Leonard Fournette. They are his uh, receiving yardage prop and his total yardage prop. And Leonard Fournette dispelled this myth about himself last year in his final year with the Jaguars that he was this ham-fisted guy who couldn't really catch passes. 76 grabs on 100 targets in his final year with the Jaguars. The Buccaneers bring him in, and they were very comfortable making him their primary pass-catching back right off the bat. They didn't throw it to him nearly as much as the Jaguars did a season ago, but he was clearly the guy who they leaned on in that regard. Part of the reason why they were comfortable letting Dorea Gumbawale go. And Gumbawale, you know, not a household name, but a very good receiver out of the backfield. Part of the reason Tampa was comfortable letting him go was because of what Leonard Fournette could do as a receiver. And he was doing it even in the games where Ronald Jones was clearly and comfortably dominating the backfield as the lead rusher. We've seen it here in the playoffs. The last two weeks, seven targets against the Packers, six targets against the Saints. The uh, first game of the playoffs against Washington, he had four targets. Of course, that was a game that Ronald Jones didn't play, but still he's getting these target numbers in a big way. Last week, two weeks ago against the Packers, five grabs for just 19 yards. The Saints, five for 44. Washington, four for 39. I feel very good that they're going to try to get him involved in the passing game in this sort of way. We're talking about a five, six target game for Leonard Fournette. And with the Chiefs being able to get that upfield pressure, you know we're going to see some screen game action 
from Tom Brady and the Buccaneers in this game. And I really like Leonard Fournette in that spot. So I look at that. I look at his total prop, his total yardage prop. I'm a little bit wary of that only because Bruce Arians has showed us time and again that when Ronald Jones is at 100%, he does seem to prefer Ronald Jones as a rusher. I don't mind the total yardage prop. I might play it a little bit, but I feel a little bit better about him going over the receiving yard number. Awesome stuff. Michael Beller at mbeller on Twitter from The Athletic. There you go. Gave you a bunch of winners for player props. Uh, Thank you for your time as always, Michael. Coming up next, we're going to go over our favorite player props. We've been hearing from guests all week, strong opinions on this KC backfield. We'll tell you what we think next. This is BetQL Daily. You're locked into the BetQL Audio Network. (laughs) 